Welcome to the KBB Review podcast. For those keeping count, which I suspect is probably just me, this is episode three of season eight. And I'm very pleased to say we have another in our not particularly organised series on digital marketing for kitchen and bathroom independent retailers. So that means we have the return of Josh Delane from The Woodworks. And I know how many of you have found his insight and very practical advice really valuable. So yes, he is back. Last time, which was episode four of season seven, if you want to go back, which I highly recommend you do, we were talking about how to make the most of Google Ads. And this time we're doing the natural partner of that, which is Facebook Ads. Now, loads of you probably do them already in some way or another, but Josh has, again, very practical ways of making them work and really drive leads to you. And also, most importantly, how to measure those results and take subsequent action. And Josh, as he always does so well, uses his own kitchen business as the example. So it's about as relevant as it gets. Well, first... Do you have any job vacancies at the moment? You do? Well, why not post them on our dedicated jobs page on kbbreview.com? It's just 75 quid for 30 days on the KBB Industries leading news, analysis, opinion and interview site. Go to kbbreview.com forward slash jobs for all the details. Plus, of course, you can also go there if you're job hunting to see all the latest posts. That's kbbreview.com forward slash jobs. So it's another welcome back to the KBB Review podcast for Josh Delane from The Woodworks. Hello, Josh. You're rapidly becoming part of the furniture here. I was going to say, I feel like this is my second office. But beautifully made bespoke furniture, Absolutely. obviously. Yeah, but it's anyway. part of the furniture nonetheless. Now, let's start, as we always do, with the traditional overview of The Woodworks, because not everyone might have heard previous episodes. So who are you and what do you do? Uh, so my name is Josh Delane. I help run my family business, which is a fourth generation owned and operated bespoke manufacturer, designer and installer of high-end kitchens. And we operate from our three retail showrooms in Ascot, Letchworth and Mill Hill. And we have a production facility in Letchworth in Hertfordshire. Next time I'll just edit that back in. For yeah, like, exactly. For yeah, we yeah. Copy and paste. <laughs> so the last time you were on, we talked about Google Ads. That's a massive topic in itself, of course. Uh, and I really recommend going back to listen to that one if you haven't heard it. But this time, it's the same but very different as we tackle Facebook ads, and more precisely, Meta, because as the owner of Facebook, but obviously also owns Instagram. It's a big umbrella, yeah. Let's delve straight into that uh, of how your KBB retailers can use those platforms to enhance their own marketing in the way that they can with Google. So give us an idea of how important that channel is for you and the Woodworks. Going back to our earlier conversation in the last episode, I said that we spend roughly 20 grand a month on our paid ads, um, and that would be Facebook, Instagram, Google, and YouTube. Right, we're testing with YouTube. The Facebook and Instagram portion of that is probably two thirds at the moment. So we are seeing very good value for money on those platforms. I do want to point out that the costs have gone up dramatically since when since I first started advertising on Facebook and Google. So there was a time six years ago when I was, spending you know 50 pound to acquire a good lead on facebook and it's a lot more than that now it's probably three times that now so these things do change they do get more expensive over time but it's still a good time to be advertising on these platforms we sell a an expensive product a very high ticket product which means that you can afford to spend good money on marketing to acquire those customers to get them into your showrooms if you're selling them a 30 40 50 grand kitchen there is money in there to to play with Okay, so let's go back, square one. What are Facebook ads and how do they work? Where would you start if you didn't know anything? Okay, so when you are scrolling on, the first thing to to point out is that Meta, as you mentioned, is the umbrella company, um, the holding company for Instagram and Facebook. 
as well as WhatsApp, but in this in this instance, yeah. Facebook and Instagram. So when you're running ads on Meta, you're running them and you have the choice to run them in both Facebook and Instagram. So when you're scrolling through Instagram, every fourth photo or so, you will get hit with an ad. So it will show up in your feed like any other photo or video, but this will be a sponsored post from a company. And it's the same with Facebook. There are a few different placements i.e. where would those ads show up? So you can have in-feed, they could be in the stories, they could be in reels. On Facebook, they can be in the banner on the side. There's lots of different placements. And again, that is something you can actually test to see which which is most effective. But ordinarily for the, for the layperson, when they're scrolling through Instagram or Facebook and every couple of posts, they will see something that is sponsored by a company and it will say ad underneath it. So unlike Google, for example, Facebook is a very visual it's almost much more traditional advert yes. than Google results are. Absolutely. Google is text-based only. Yeah. So the effectiveness of Facebook and Instagram advertising is obviously much more based on the, the, the visuals that you produce and put up there. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, Google is an intent-based platform, but it's text-based, whereas Facebook and Instagram are not intent-based. You are trying to show people an ad who are passively scrolling through their feeds and trying to catch their attention and hope that they are the right person in the right stage of the buying cycle to act on that ad that you're showing them. So the ads are cheaper in terms of what you will spend to show it to, you know, thousands of people is going to be much cheaper than on Google because Google is intent based and this is not. But the creative part is a much bigger variable of the success of your overall campaign. So if I have an ad that is really scroll stopping, they call it. So I'm scrolling through Instagram and it interrupts the pattern of what I'm doing. You're like, oh, I didn't expect that. And then all of a sudden I'm watching the ad. It's more engaging. I'm like, oh, I might like it. I might comment on it. I might share it. All of a sudden that ad that's engaging is getting a natural spike from the fact that you are manually doing something to that ad and it will push it to more people. So your creative is actually a really important part of how successful your ad campaign is. And on the Facebook ads manager, there is a a column that will say, ad relevance, ad quality, and there's one more, which basically says, how good is this ad creatively? And if it's really good, you will get better results. You will pay less to get more people through the door effectively. Right. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm going to embarrass myself now by trying to explain. No such thing. It's a judgment-free zone. Uh, but, but I'm going to try and explain to you, of all people, the difference between Google Ads and Facebook Ads, right? That's good. Reviews back to me. And you tell me if I'm right okay. or wrong. Okay. okay. So Google Ads is very intent search-based. In other words, you would pick the potential Google searches that people might make that you want to use to find you. Yes. With Facebook Ads, you are much more defining the audience that you want to find you. In terms of demographically, yeah. yes. So that's the difference? Yes. Okay, good. So Although you, there are demographic options on Google, but for argument's sake, it's really about the words that they're using and Facebook is more about trying to find the right people. Let's say I've got some really good visuals. I've t- got that taken care of, that sorted. Yeah. What's the next step? Is it just to decide who you want your demographic audience to be? So yeah, you want to look at the location. So Facebook allow, allows you to target, you know, within a certain radius of a location and you can choose people that travel through that area, i.e. if they're working or people that specifically live in that area, which is obviously what you want. You want people that have houses in the areas that you serve, you know, in our industry. And once you've got that, you would set the rough age range of the people. You know, I don't know many 18 year olds that could afford our kitchens, for example, Our average demographic is more like 35 to 50. So that would be our age range. It skews female, although we actually allow both men and female just because it's a, it's a bit easier. And then really you're letting Facebook and Facebook's algorithm do a lot of the work. They are very, very good when you're leaving things broad, i.e. roughly this area, this age, 
this, this people, you leave it broad and you let Facebook's algorithm do the work. They are very good at doing it. And again, it goes back to that earlier conversation, which is that they want you to spend as much money as possible. So they will try and give you the results as quick as possible so that you spend more and more money. So you let Facebook's algorithm do the work, but as long as you are setting up the campaigns properly and you are putting good creatives in there and testing different creatives, the videos that you choose, the still images that you choose, it might be a graphic. And as long as you're putting that in and you're testing different variations, you will very quickly see what's working and what's not working. It sounds to me like this is much more straightforward than Google. Would that be right? I actually think it's more complicated oh, okay. be- because the creative is such a variable of success right. in, in this equation. Yeah. And also there's a very uh, clear line to divide between what you think or what I think subjectively is a good photo or a good piece of creative and what the world will decide is good and not good. And you get those results. You know, it's hard to distinguish your opinion on things. You know, you shouldn't be the judge, jury and executioner. You need to put up 10 photos, 10 videos, 10 graphics, 20, 30 even, and let the world decide what's good and what's not good by testing these things. What gets the biggest click through rate? What gets the lowest cost per click, et cetera, et cetera. What goes to the most people? And then refine that creative. With Google, it's a lot easier in that it's just pretty much words and, you know, tweaking your copy. And where are you sending people who click on it? Are you sending it to your Instagram account, your Facebook account? No. So on Instagram and Facebook, again, if they see an ad and they click an ad, they're going to our website. We want as much traffic as humanly possible onto our website because we have optimized that for conversion. What do I mean by conversion? I mean people taking the action that we desire them to take. In this case, it's booking an appointment to come into a showroom. So all of our traffic is geared up around getting them to the website and our website is optimized for mobile because I don't know, 85% of Facebook traffic and 90% of Instagram traffic is going to be on mobile. And so we want to make sure that when they hit our website it's optimized for mobile. So that's also another very important point, but that's where we're funneling them. We have been playing around recently with a new format. It's actually an old format, but that Facebook have brought it back and it's doing quite well at the moment. It's lead ads, lead gen ads. So if someone sees one of your creative, let's just say you put up a photo of a nice kitchen, someone can click that and straight away it will bring up a form in Facebook or within Instagram that you can fill out there and then, and it will email you those results. You still own the data. It's quite good because you can put it back into the Facebook campaign manager and create audiences out of it, etc. It's like a whole other level to it. But for us, we prefer to have all of the traffic going through the website because it's it's so well optimized for conversion. We're going to convert better on the website than we are a form. But if you're starting from scratch, a lead form is probably quite a good place to go. And how about what you choose against competitors? Because in Google, obviously you're bidding against similar search terms. But if I've got if I've got a kitchen shop in Basingstoke, which is the example we're using yeah. with Google, my competitors are likely to choose the same audience. How does it distinguish between one and the other? Again, it comes down to your creative and how good your creative is. In a certain field, let's just say for us, it's you know around Mill Hill in one of our showrooms, we're going to be targeting an audience around there. And there might be other kitchen companies also competing for that same audience. But our creatives, if they are that much better, and we've tested it and the videos are better and the still images are better, we get more people clicking through that. It will signal to Facebook, show that to more people, more similar people like that. We will just be getting better results. So yes, you might be going after the same people in the same way that Google, you're going after the same people, but there are so many people using these platforms that it's a drop in the ocean. Let's just say we do 150 kitchens a year. And let's just say all of the companies around us total, they're selling a thousand kitchens a year. In that area of a 10 mile radius around the showroom, there might be 200,000 people, 300,000 people, maybe more. This is a drop in the ocean. It's, it's not that 
important. Also, you have these people that are on Facebook, they have signified on some level that they are interested in either DIY, in design, in kitchens, through their um, patterns of behavior on the app. And therefore, Facebook are more likely to show that to these people. So rather than someone that's not interested in it at all, because they've just bought a new build house in an ideal world, Facebook is showing it to people that actually are more interested in kitchens and in that stage of life. What would be the difference? What would make you choose to tick the Facebook box rather than the Instagram box or the other way around? What would be the difference between the two if you're managing both? The same so platform? again, we, te- we test both of them. So we look at what the click-through rates are. We look at how much it costs us to get a lead on each of those platforms. Facebook skews older as an audience. So Facebook's biggest and most engaged audience is actually women 55 plus, believe it or not. And so like everyone's grandma's on Facebook. Um, bear in mind, it started as a platform for college kids. It's quite mad to see how far it's come. Whereas Instagram skews a bit younger and TikTok is even younger than that. So it's sort of about where you sit in the market, where you want that audience to be. But I would say test. You can separate out these ads, showing them on different platforms. So split them out into showing them on Facebook and one showing on Instagram and compare the costs and see, you know, you might be getting, it might cost you 30p per click on Instagram. It might cost you 25p per click on Facebook, which might not sound a lot, but, you know, do that a thousand times. And we're talking, you know, decent money. My dad loves Facebook. It's my dad, my 77-year-old dad. But of course, he calls it Facebook. Facebook. It's Facebook. Not the Facebook. He saw it, he saw it on Facebook. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk about the money side of it. Let's talk about the cost side of it. How does it compare to Google? And how do you know you're getting money's worth out of it? How are you measuring its success? Again, we know exactly what we're spending. We know how much it costs us to get one customer through the website. We have what's called UTM parameter setup. I'm sure anyone that set up a website or has a company that set up their website, you can ask them to do this. UTM parameters, which basically means when someone fills in a form, it will have a little snippet in the URL in the code at the top that says this came from Google, it came from Facebook, it came from Instagram. Okay, you just got to set that up uh, or get the professionals to set up for you. And once you know that, you can say, okay, well, I spent £10,000 on Facebook and Instagram and I had 100 leads, so it cost me £100 a lead, um, theoretically. What I would say is on Facebook and Instagram, the churn rate of those leads is higher. So I'd say the conversion from lead booking an appointment, me calling them, qualifying it, or my sales director qualifying it, to then actually coming in and being a good lead, it's got a lower conversion rate than Google. So I'd say probably one in two of those Instagram or Facebook leads are actually qualified leads. So that £100 a lead looks enticing, looks great. But actually, if you dig into those numbers, it's more like £200 because one in two of them aren't really interested. Plinth kickers, as they call them in the kitchen industry. Whereas Google, because it's more intent-based, those, you know, that £120 might be, you know, one in 1.5 are more relevant. And so really the costs are pretty much the same. Overall, as I said, two thirds of our budget are with Facebook and Instagram because we feel that that's where we're getting better value on those ads. And that two thirds, third split would be an advisable amount or is that just, would it be different? I, would, I personally would start 50-50. So if you've got, you know, let's just say you earmark £2,000 in your marketing budget for paid ads next month, I would do £1,000 on Google and £1,000 on Facebook, right? Which basically works out £30 a day per platform, roughly. And I would start playing around with it and testing it and looking at the numbers very, very deeply. It's cost me this on Google. It's cost me this on Facebook. Where do I think there is a better bang for my buck? And skew the budgets accordingly. So if you're getting really good traction on Google, put a bit more money next month into Google, take a bit out of Facebook and carry on keeping an eye on it and just carry on tweaking and testing. This is not a set it and forget it mentality. This is, I need to check this every week or at the very least fortnightly. I need to know what's going on on a regular basis. 
and monitor it. I mean, I suspect that's probably the biggest mistake people make with it is they set it and then forget it. And like their web- website is the same, aren't they? They make them and then they just walk away thinking, oh, I've done that. Exactly. And also you've got to bear in mind that these, these platforms, the Facebooks and the Googles, they, you put a card on there and then really it's just disappears in the millions of transactions that you have as a, as a business. And it, it is quite easy to forget about it if you don't have someone monitoring it regularly. So whether that's the business owner, whether that is the person that runs the marketing in the company, whether it's the sales director, whoever it is, someone really should be paying very close attention to these numbers because this can make or break your business. It really can. We've transformed the business on the back of our digital advertising. You're obviously the guy in the company that does this, and that's fine. You're clearly incredibly into it. I mean, I don't know what it's like going out for dinner with you, Josh. But <laughs> it, it's must... not as many numbers, apart from when the bill comes. Oh, my maybe. God. But... It's very easy to kind of hand this off to a third party, isn't it? There's lots of agencies out there that will make all kinds of promises to you. And I think part of the problem with anything like this is if you're not sure yourself, it's very easy to make the wrong decision when it comes to third Absolutely. parties. So look, we're not saying don't use third parties, but what would be your advice on knowing whether or not they're doing right by you? I would start with testing these things yourself, even at small budget and take the 10 hours it's going to take to be able to learn the very basics. I could tell you categorically, I have spent 500 hours or more learning these platforms in depth, okay, over six years. So you can't compare what I know for 500 hours to what someone will know in 10. But what someone will know in 10 is they've run their first campaign. They know vaguely how it works. They know what the metrics mean. They know roughly what they should be paying for things. And then they can make an informed decision. We said on the last episode, it comes down to how much you're spending, how much your ad budget is. At lower budgets, it doesn't make sense to hire a third party. And if someone offers you running their ads for £100 or £200, don't take it because they're not good. Someone that's charging between 750 and 1500 which is sort of the going rate for an agency, and that would be across both Google and Facebook, run the ad campaigns first yourself, understand the numbers, and then you can go to one of these agencies and see whether they are going to get a significantly better result than you. And they should do, because with 500 hours, I should be able to run a much cleaner ad campaign than someone that's just done it for the first time for 10 hours unless it's beginner's luck. So again, you will at least have a benchmark. Let's just say you set up your first ad campaign, which is, by the way, you should be proud of that, especially if you're a 50 plus year old business owner, not to be ageist, but you know that's not familiar with these technologies and they run an ad, plat- an, uh, an ad campaign and they get a lead for 200 pounds. At least that's a starting point that you can go to an agency and they can show you, okay, well, actually we're getting leads at 120 pounds. Your money's made made back. You know, that 80 pounds spread over 10 leads, it's 800 pounds, you basically paid for itself. So again, I'd say try it yourself. Well, look, this 50-plus-year-old uh, magazine editor, thanks you very much for that. <laughs> was a bit ageist. You know, <laughs> Sorry. That's quite You don't look a day over 35. It's, it's fine. I'm just, it's basically jealousy. <laughs> Josh is what it is. Look, thank you so much for this. Thank you for telling us all about the Facebook. And as I always say, it's so interesting to get inside your brain uh, and work out how this all this stuff works. Because for you and the woodworks, the proof's in the pudding with the top. It works. Absolutely. It works if you are prepared to put those hours in and learn how it works. So thank you very much, and we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, Andrew.